The End Life Podcast Network, Suckcast, The Hot Mess with Phil Stamper, Trek Off, Pop Off, and Ninjas vs. You. Also, Ninjas vs. Zombies, the movie, and Ninjas vs. Vampires, the movie. All at endlightentertainment.com. It's time for Trek Off, the Star Trek podcast that will kick you in your effing teeth. Hi. Welcome to Trek Off. I'm Justin. I'm Alexia. So, um, so we're talking funny today. We're talking so funny. Um, so this is part two. Um, I didn't think we'd go to on this for uh for Star Trek, um, the 2009 Star Trek. Um, we are about an hour and fifteen minutes since we finished the last uh episode that we did. So you're probably hearing it a week later. Um. But, but for we, us, it's in the past. Yeah, it's or it's, the future? it's the fu- wow. It's the joke we just did. <laughs> oh it's no! Astounding. Stop um, it! So I am I, I am one more drink in than I was, this and makes a, the difference. And, and a second bowl of chips. You um, guys missed some good stuff. Oh my! We had we were like on religion and 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 oh, I I, talk, I talked about doing bad things to Chris Pine. He really did. It was so great. Um, and you can't be privy to any of it. Suffice to say, had you been in the room. It might have been life changing for you either because you would have been like, I see your religious viewpoint. And also, I would do that to Chris Pine. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you as you as our podcast audience are are unfortunately you're 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 out of that um, out of the loop. It was it was suggested in the in the in the conversation that should I should, should I ever want to do a religion podcast that I should like create a like a pseudo me or pseudo justin <laughs> i was also told that i was vociferous um so i should maybe be careful here ready go alexia talk you need a cricket noise <laughs> <laughs> we all have our roles to play um uh Alexia is wearing a shirt that says, "I like bo- boys who sparkle." Actually, I, love, I heart. I heart boys who I sparkle. Because I do, motherfuckers. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, with all due respect to uh, Mr. A, it's like I heart boys who sparkle. It's very spread out because it's a tight shirt over, over. That's you know it had to come out sometime, uh, sometime over the really large tips. It's like it's, it's like this. Like I love boys who sparkle. <laughs> Dot, <laughs> dot, kind of is like that. dot. <laughs> or it's Corey would point out that I always say dot, dot. Because if you ever read my emails, I never do three, three Why dot Why not ellipses. three, man? Everybody knows three is where it's at. Yeah, a dot is just two periods, which, ew. It's not right. <laughs> no, no one wants two periods. What's wrong with you? <laughs> two periods, that's just really moony. Um, oh, wait, I hear people turning us off. <laughs> so, um... So, uh, where were we? Um, Kobayashi Maru. Okay. Um, I think that it's, it's it's appropriate at this point to jump back um, from the Kobayashi Maru to uh, uh, Mr. A is brushing his nose. Are you brushing your nose or you're telling me I have a booger? <laughs> <laughs> you ever do that when you're looking at someone and they're like, they're like brush, brush on their nose. And you're like, what? Uh, something wrong? And they're, like, they're trying to tell you something's wrong with you. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> So, um, so I want to I want to jump back from the Kobayashi Maru to the bar scene because he likes to control time. Um, with uh, with nine point twenty one kilowatts. Um, uh, it's probably five point twenty. I'm probably messing. You're up the really see- every fucking time you screw it up. It's one point twenty one. I, I like nine. <laughs> it's like I turn it up. <laughs> turn it up to eleven. <laughs> so um I wonder how long it's gonna be before um before the boy comes down and starts telling me I know Dad you woke me up um because he won't be rude enough to say that it was my fault um, <laughs> <laughs> so so the so I guess I guess the first thing you see and I think I think that as we jump into adult um Star Trek characters is mm. that you have uh you have Chris Pine as Kirk now we've, we've talked about Zachary Quinto he comes in he does Spock really well he does. Um, they have two different roles I think to fill here I think that Zachary Quinto is faced with Leonard Nimoy being physically in the film yep so he has to be like Leonard Nimoy um, he has to do the Nimoy he has to look like him act like him be like him I think Chris Pine as 
because he stands next to him. And there's a point at the in the film where it's you see young Spock and old Spock and they're having a conversation. You have to believe these are the, the same, same person. Dude. Yeah. Um, I think that Chris Pine has a little more freedom. He goes the other way. Oh, even more than that. He goes to complete. There's nothing about him until probably two points. And we, Talked off air. Why did we do this about the two points? But with the exception of those two points, there's nothing about him that evokes the um, the syntax that 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 Shatner uses the the cadence that he speaks in. There's nothing Shatnerian about him, and yet the confidence. But he and, still has a, a Shatnerness about him. No, like there's no, a I disagree. or a Kirkness. I suppose exactly. That's yes, the difference. Yes, yes. That's the difference. He does. He definitely he has a Kirkness does. to him. And that's the thing. Like, it doesn't occur to me that you, like, because I don't even. I wouldn't even say that. Like, I feel like in that respect, like, there's not something specifically about Nimoy that in in the way that he speaks necessarily that oh, Zachary. I needs to hit. I think Zachary does the cadence. He speaks in sort of the same but tone. It's, but that's and does Vulcan. The, like and that, does doesn't, the, that doesn't that's not speak all necessarily I don't, I don't to think, Nimoy. Yeah, but it was Nimoy who created it. Agreed, but I'm just saying that it's uh, literally, but like I'm just saying like it's not about being Nimoy, right? Like he basically, all he has to do is play the character true. You know what oh, I mean? I, and, and I agree. And, and I'm, not, and I'm not slamming Quinto at all. I'm not slamming him at all. I'm not saying that you are. And just tweak it a little bit. But what I'm saying is that what I, that's the reason I feel like it works. The only person in the cast who does more than that, who goes beyond just embodying the character as they understand it and having done their homework and actually channels DeForest Kelly. Yeah, it, that's, is, that's, that's, is he, he does an imitation. I'd say he does. He does. No, I wouldn't say it's an imitation. Oh, I think it in some ways. It doesn't uh, feel that way. It feels true. It feels we'll like hit, we'll, him. We'll, we'll hit him. We'll hit him. Real quick, I feel like this is a great place to take a tangent, as we like to do, and talk about William Shatner. Um, and, and we would be remiss if we didn't address the William Shatner elephant in the room that maybe you don't know about. Um, but I, as a frequent, as a frequenter of the Star Trek boards, where I'm going to be letting them hopefully know that this podcast exists. So some of them are listening, and they're listening, and they are haters. Some of them, and I'm not slant. hating on the Shatner. Hate no hating on the movie. Actually, defending the Shatner. Okay, because I do. I absolutely adore to the day I die, Shatner. As as do I, and I and I call them haters, and and please don't be offended by the use. The haters is a wrong term. They're um. They are uh, defensive in terms of Shatner, uh, a feeling that Shatner maybe got screwed by the film. Ah. Um, there seemed to be overtures by William Shatner to J.J. Abrams about about whether or not the, he was going to be included in the film. He evidently thought he might be. He was talking to J.J. about it. There was going to be something for him to do in the film. J.J. said, yes, maybe we do have something for him, something around that, something like that. Mm-hmm. And eventually... Um, of course, as we know, he was not included in the film and there was a feeling of there being some bad blood Yeah, about that. Now, what happened behind the scenes? I'm not sure. There's a question as to whether or not uh, Shatner was offered a uh, a cameo like they were going to de-age him sort of like they did with um, with Ian McKellen and, and uh, Patrick Stewart in X-Men 3. Mm-hmm. They were going to de-age him and when... Uh, when Chris Pine was having the sort of the, the flashback, the, the mind meld flashback that you were going to see a bit of Kirk and Kirk was going to have a monologue and then have sort of a holographic monologue at the end that Spock had that Kirk, that Chris Pine was going to watch something that Spock had with William Shatner talking. And that was going to, the end of the movie was going to be something like, you know, Chris Pine gets to see something from Leonard Nimoy that from his timeline yeah, that, that shows him from then. And and that's sort of the rumor that I got that that was Gazuntite. Um but that was the rumor that that was going to happen and that when that didn't materialize either that that I don't know if that was it ever just didn't work out. I don't well I don't know if, if that was, was planned. Really I don't know if it was table. really on their table. JJ Abrams is is he loves misinformation. He lo- he's very secretive in what he does. So if anyone asks him anything, he's really ambiguous in his answers. He wants he wants the answers to your questions to come in the movie theater, right? And he's done the same. That you know, Damon Lindelof, um, uh, who wrote, um, who who did Lost, and I forget the other guy's name, but um, uh, he was really 
like he was ambiguous about people would ask questions. What's going to happen on Lost? What's gonna, and he wants the show to be the answer. And I think he didn't answer. He wants to be ambiguous. So it's discussed forever and ever. Yep. And, and that's the way JJ also was with the film. And he was like, I want, I don't want to give you answers before the film. The answers will be in the film and any answers we don't give you in the film are answers. I don't want you to know. Um, and ultimately the people who defended Shatner felt like the people who defended Shatner, Shatner felt like that is, what we that like like we feel we were lied to and there's ah. jj is a liar jj told us that he might be that he and, would do it and that he didn't yeah yeah and so i feel like ultimately um the reason i want to address shatner having been or not been at home even now shatner's going i i may be in the next one i may be in the next one um i would love to see him be in the next one i feel maybe like- no i disagree i disagree i feel like i would i would love these guys to stand on their own a little bit Dead air. I'm sorry. I can't. Like I, because of, of how much. Like I feel like there's plenty of time and plenty of movies for them to stand on their own, and it doesn't occur to me as having a little bit of Kirk, you know, as much as you had a little bit of Spock in this one, as them not standing on their own. Well, I feel like it's a matter of respect to what's come before. We talked about in the last episode. We discussed the difference between remakes and sequels and prequels and all that and reboots. I think that ultimately we have to remember two things. One, this is not only a prequel. A prequel reboot. It's it's a prequel slash reboot to the original series. It is a sequel to Star Trek Nemesis and Star Trek The Next Generation. And we have to remember that. Spock is involved in with the Romulans because that's where he was in Unification 1 and 2 and The Next Generation. He was involved with the Romulans. That's where we last saw him and that's where he is. Um, the We are dealing with a sequel to Star Trek Nemesis. This is in many ways Star Trek Eleven. This is what happened next. This is the Spock that we all knew and loved from Star Trek VI from Unification. And it is important to note that James T. Kirk died on Viridian Three. He yeah. died. It's he true. He was dead. And people go, well, you brought back Spock. And I go, yeah, you took an entire movie to bring back Spock. Yeah, and we don't have an entire movie to that's bring back not, Kirk at that's, this point. That's like, not the story that J.J. wants now. to tell. He doesn't want to yeah. go, here's the story of how we bring back Kirk, who died in 1994 in Star Trek Generations. Yeah. In 2009, he doesn't want to go 15 years later and go, here, I will now tell the story how we bring back Kirk. That is not how you revitalize the franchise. The way you revitalize the franchise is you go, here's the new story. Yeah. Here it is. So ultimately, I think the refusal to include Kirk is respect for what's come before. But like, here, yes... But like, it's especially in the case of what you were talking about in, in the form of like some sort of hologram or something that would hearken from that timeline and be, be our Kirk doesn't tamper with that. Right? Well, and I think that ultimately, that I think ultimately Shatner refused that. Oh, okay. I think he didn't want to be a cameo. He's William Shatner. He's James T. Kirk as far as he's concerned. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and I dig that. I, that's I get fair, that. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance to listen to his autobiography, it's real. Oh, he's got three. He's got Star Trek memories, Star Trek movie memories, but he's got one called um, Still Here, something like that. I forget what it's called, but it's it's really good. His most recent one. It came out like ninety, like rather two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, really a decent. He deals with the death of his wife and what it was like to find her in the pool. And oh my god, and, oh, it's it's an emotional listen. I, I say li- I didn't read it. I listened to it on audio, but but it was it's an emotional listen. It's really really good. Was he, he reading it? Yeah. Oh wow. See, yeah. that's the only way to go. I feel like. <laughs> but it but it takes him from like the age of like seventeen in Hollywood, like showing up in Hollywood in in you know nineteen forty eight or something, and wow. and like taking him all the way through all the way through right now. All the way through the end of Boston Legal, I think, is where it goes, and it's just—it's really a really excellent read. So it's worth—it's worth checking out. So that takes us from William Shatner to Chris Pine, a new Captain Kirk, and I was ready again, like I was ready to hate because I'm a hater. Sometimes you've even said that I was ready. I was like, this guy, who the who the hell is this guy? And from the very first scene, just one one me the f over. Yeah. Just, you know, and I, I knew, I knew Chris Pine, you I know, didn't. of him prior to this film. I didn't at all, and I liked him. Where did you know him from? Uh, Blind Dating, really cute movie. I'm okay. not surprised you haven't seen it though. Okay, um, <laughs> definitely chick flick. But I really, I li- am married. <laughs> Fair point. Sorry, but- ladies. <laughs> 
I know. It's so sad. You're gonna weep. And the two the two of the ladies who are listening are going, Why are you sorry? <laughs> anyway. Go on. So you have I have a already, Star Trek podcast. I, I already liked him. Yeah. And I was like, I like him and there's there's some there's something about him that's very likable. Sure. Which I thought was a good a good way to go for for casting Kirk. I was like, well, he doesn't necessarily look like a young Shatner. You not know, at all. I'm very familiar with I, what that I looks say, like. I say not at all, and yet sometimes... It, no, no, no. It's not about his physical features. Like, in phys- if you're just to look at them on, you know, physical features side by side, like, they are not like carbon copies. They're not even close. But, but they there's a quality. There's something... A visual quality yes, before they vi- even yes. speak. Yeah. There's a visual quality the about The blonde them. hair, the, the, the eyes, the, the eyebrows. Yes. The eyebrows a yes. lot. This area, the very intensity yeah. is She's here. pointing to her eyes. Oh, right. The intensity <laughs> in the eye area. I'm, I'm sorry, this, I'm Greek. I speak with my hands. This area. Let me point over there. Look at these two pictures, podcast listeners. Look. <laughs> now you know what I mean. Suck it. Anyway. Again, about your wiener. I know. It's always about my dick. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that sentence was really necessary. Um. So yeah, you're the bad one. I am. I'm terrible, awful. Um, <laughs> why do you keep me around? Um, so I there's an intensity in the eye area, and and there's a likability and a presence of um of badassery. Well, and I think I think that's what we on. get into. You have you have Captain Pike, who we got to hit really quickly too. But when he goes, when he goes, you, you know, do you want to continue being the only genius level? Um, repeat offender. Well, no, he's like, do you like being the only genius lover of repeat offenders? And maybe yeah. I love it. Like, yeah. <laughs> that shit but, is just great. Just, like, he's but, so but that, contrary. Those words, genius level repeat offender, is is how you how you find out that that is Kirk. Yep. And, and you know what's interesting about it? What I like, because when we had this conversation before, like briefly, about, you know, the new movie, basically all the characters are versions of themselves, but like on crack. Yeah. That is not true of Kirk. Kirk is Kirk. No, Kirk is Kirk. And Absolutely. and that's how badass he was then. Yeah. And why he doesn't need anything now. Yeah. Well, and like, I think there's nothing that character in and of only, itself. The is, only thing that I that that I guess maybe they they did too much was the skirt chasing, like the the sort of everyone. Yeah. I yeah see because is, I feel like that what they did is because that was an aspect of his personality that they wanted represented, yeah. and instead of having a seasons, you know. It is co- oh, it uh, is him younger. Mr. Mr. A is saying it is college, which is which that's, does that's make a reasonable. difference. That's, that's reasonable. very reasonable. Yeah. And you you're trying to to portray something about his about that aspect of him, and you've got less time to do it. Sure. And so it, it and you're giving seem- a, I when the the scene starts. The first thing I got to say is is one he he asks for like a slusho. She asks for a slusho. She's slusho, which is because it was recommended by the bartender. Which is something that. Um, that I think has come up before in J.J. Abrams things. I think that was, that was like involved. That was invoked at one point, both in Lost and in Alias. Um, but she does also ask for a Budweiser. A Budweiser, Budweiser classic, which I think was, I like that is really funny, and yeah. a Cardassian, Cardassian something. But the fact yes. that, that that's a little Cardassian sunrise, yeah, which is a shout out to DS Nine, which I loved. That they're like, okay, we acknowledge there are Cardassians still, you know. That this is still your same universe that you've that you come to know know and love, and I think that's important. Um, but just that original interaction, then his fight, you know, with, with the, the best part about that too is because he's so there's something so Kirk about. It. He's like, go, you're, he's like, there are there are four of us, and one of you is like, so get some more guys, and then it'll be a fair fight. Cupcake. Like, that Cupcake. shit was so fucking awesome. And then, and then I think it, we, as we have mentioned, people, I think probably might talk about Nero, but the other guy we got to talk about is Bruce Greenwood as Captain Pike. Oh yeah. Um, now talk about a guy who made a role his own because. You don't have enough of Pike to go on. Well, you—I mean, you do. You have—you have, you have a, a, well, I'm saying for him to just go, like, to not have freedom to kind of make him. N- not enough people know Pike, but certainly he could have come in and done an imitation of Jeffrey Hunter. I mean, he could have. I mean, I've seen the Cage. You know, I—I yeah. I, I know, I know what he's like. First of all, the inclusion of Pike was cool. The fact that with. Pike is is such a main character in this film that he is the original cat. I mean, just what genius to go. We're making Captain Pike the cap, the real captain. The like Kirk is not the captain of the Enterprise. Captain Pike from for the entire movie is the real captain. 
He's the one you've really got to save. And as Captain Pike is such an important force in this film um, to influence Turk, Kirk to be the captain of the Enterprise and and to do that is an astounding... I, I, I don't want to use the word shout out because I don't think it's kissing fanboy ass, but I just think it's it's such a great it's, it, You know what it is? is it's, it's respectful. It's very respectful and it's building on on uh, uh, you know a, a foundation that we already have right because even though the star trek that we all watched you know we didn't have the pilot until later until they put it in the cage yeah um or in the menagerie the menagerie yeah. the, the cage was put in the menagerie in a two-part episode because yeah. it was two episodes <laughs> spliced together but like that's how we that's what we have of pike Right. And Pike is a huge. But through that episode, you see the importance of Pike because of what Spock is willing to do. Yeah. And that matters because Spock doesn't do shit capriciously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's not that guy. And it's not about this being some failed pilot. And we decided to get a different actor. Like it's part of the canon. It's become part of the story. This was the captain beforehand. Yeah. And now Kirk is. But that doesn't mean this guy wasn't important. That doesn't mean this guy wasn't the shit in his own right. But to make this guy the, I mean, this guy is the driving force. This guy makes Kirk go into the academy. This guy is the in this timeline, force, yeah. And he is, and he is, he's the one who's captured, and he is a force to be reckoned with on his own. Yeah. And ultimately, the entire movie is about let's rescue Pike, let's save him, and he ultimately ends up in a wheelchair, which is just. just. Awesome. Yes. I, what and what I like about that is the fact that like when you especially when you're talking about like alternate timelines, a lot of times you'll see repeats of of circumstances of people's circumstances and I want to different about reasons. And I liked that. I liked that it was like he's in a wheelchair, but not for the same reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's still wound up in the same place, but he went there by a different route. And that's kind of cool because it's like when like um uh a friend of mine wrote a play and, and he talks about quantum particles and like um, theories about alternate universes and like sounds really fun. It is. Okay. Shut your mouth. You like Star Trek. Really? Okay, anyway. Oh, um, he's talking about like, I'm the, trying to be funny. It's a podcast. Come on. This, the spin of a quantum particle. Like what does that, what would that really change in the grand scheme of things? One random coin toss. Like, the world could be virtually the same except for this one little thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like that. I like that a lot. Conceptually, like, it's, it's a basis in science. Like, that's what I like that they do with Star Trek. Like, they take a lot of stuff from, like, real scientific theories and stuff like that that obviously we can't just prove straight out. Or sometimes like, they just call it red matter. Well, and sometimes they just call it red matter because sometimes you just need to call it red matter. Sometimes they call it, this is red matter. What is red matter? It is it a device. What kind of device? Holes. A plot device. <laughs> Oh, I know. There's definitely a lot of stuff like that. Like, sure, like the I'm fact fine with that. that. I'm, I'm fine, fine with, with it too. Like, like when um, you know, <laughs> he can save, you know, Kirk and Sulu, but then like, and but then when he's you know getting everybody off the planet, it takes him five minutes or whatever sure. to to rev up, and then of course he can't save her, you know, his mom because we're gonna say Hermione. No, I was gonna say his mom or her mom, and then I was like, no, his what, mom. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Um. I think so. So we we have that initial scene. We have the Kobayashi Maru, which oh, we don't so need. Cool. We don't need to spend so much time on. But the the apple. <laughs> I love it. He's like, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. He's taking this seriously. Like it was badass, and I love it because, like, I seriously when I'm watching the movie for the first time, and I'm sitting next to you know Mr. A, and I'm like, I looked at him and I giggled. I absolutely giggled. I was like. The Kobayashi Maru, and he just kind of gave me a blank look because he didn't really he had he didn't have enough of a background to know what yeah. I meant, like that what I was excited about, and like later when when he put it together, you know what I mean, like after when we're talking, he's like, oh wow, that's fucking cool. I was like, yeah. yes, it is, <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. Now you see why I was so giddy, like because you hear about it and it's not the same. You, it's like oh, they're finally gonna show us, yeah, him and it's cheating the at the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think I think that ultimately what 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 we get into, and you, we talked to the Kobayashi Maru, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead just a little bit because we we have the main plot, and I feel like we could kind of belabor that and go and go. Then Nero shows up, then he blows up a bunch of ships, and I think you know the destruction of Vulcan, which is which is devastating. Oh yeah, like to watch, it's devastating to watch that whole that whole bit. Oh is, my god, it's rough. Um, 
and and because that's the one one of the races that I would say when it comes to watching the show that you've really human human Klingon Vulcan. Those are three you know. Yeah, that everything you really, else and, like, and the Klingon you, you're not a fan of. Maybe right? I mean, maybe maybe Ferengi. Maybe but like like in terms of races you know. Like that you can look at and you could and see. And you're like, oh, that's a, you know, Vulcan. That's and and then when I say you, a... I mean the average person, like not mm-hmm. a non-Star Trek fan. Yeah. Might know a Ferengi. They definitely know a they Vulcan. They absolutely know a Vulcan, yeah. And they know a, and they and they know know a, Klingon, a Klingon. And that's it. Yep. And the thing is that a Klingon is not liked, though. Like, not like in the traditional sense. Like, you're not like, ooh, the Klingons are the good guys. The Vulcans are absolutely the good guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is huge. Well, that's and that's also, the, that's also when you realize... That this divergence in the timeline is, is really going to be. <laughs> it, this is it. It's it's done. Everything you knew before is fucking done with. Is done. And then we get into the conversation that we had before. Please listen to our prior our prior podcasts about this exact same thing, about how about how whether or not it's the destruction of the prime timeline or whether or not it's an alternate timeline. Um, again, I don't. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree. Um, we are. Um, uh, but I will say this. Um. A lot of people, including myself, we talked about plot devices and problems, um, and we talked about how Kirk is stranded on a planet where he's running from an ice monster and runs into Spock, which is a football field away from Scotty, and the yeah. randomness of this. Right. And you talked you talked before about quantum particles and when you know, there's this sense, and it goes along with the way that that I think time travel is. Um, I need to be careful what I say. Yes, you do. <laughs> Although I have watched that episode. Um, there, there, I think there, there. Let let me rephrase the 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 idea that there are certain things that repeat. That certain well, not just things that repeat, like but certain relationships, certain people, certain spheres the, in your well, life. And I and I think I think that to bring it back to Star Trek, it's it's uh. It's like the like the mirror universe, mm-hmm. you know the mirror universe. They're ev- still with each other. Everything is different. They're all together. So I think that that if you can imagine that fate, whatever fate is, has a plan, mm-hmm. and that, or that certain you know even if you're just looking at it like from a you know particles or base forces yeah, yeah. kind of place, like certain things are attracted to each other. This crew like in a is cosmic meant, way. This crew is meant to be together in every permutation of. Of alternate realities that we've ever seen, this crew ends up together. And it's just e- a question of how. And, and even if it's ridiculous that they would end up together, fate is going to arrange mm-hmm. for them to end up together. Now there is a line that Scotty speaks that I must hit, where he talks about why he's stranded um, on this planet, <laughs> yes. where he talks about. Which, by the way, before you even get to that, though, when you come in, up, you come up on him, and there's a fucking tribble in a cage. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. You hear. You hear, and it's like, um, oh, yes, it's a triple. I went nuts. But when he goes, when he goes, I am essentially, I'm stranded for accidentally killing Admiral Archer's dog with Not a transfer. killing. Or, or trans- disappearing. Disappearing. Now, <laughs> of course, that's referring to the dog Porthos or whatever his next dog was. Admiral Archer being Captain Archer mm-hmm. from Enterprise. Yeah. Which is whether or not we agree with, with your version of time travel or my version of time travel, the fact is that that even if the prime timeline is destroyed enterprise is not enterprise took place before this any movie. kind of change yeah. yeah so that being the case everything we saw in enterprise did happen and that being the case there would be an admiral archer he would have a dog and it's it's a connection this scotty has a definite connection a life-changing connection to enterprise which i think is given the the known failure of Enterprise because it's considered to be a failure. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not it's a failure, that's another conversation. I'm sure we'll have that conversation. Yeah. But it's considered... But most people would consider yeah, it a failure. It's considered to be. And even so, they're willing to go, to go we're going to give it... We're, well, we're it's g- still part of the canon. And we're like gonna, failure or no. And we're not only going to say it's part of the canon, but we're going to go, you know what? It still exists in yeah. this timeline. And we're going we're gonna to mention gonna acknowledge Archer. It. The you know other than Kirk, the only captain who's referenced. There's no Cisco or Picard or Janeway, but Archer mentioned in this movie, and I think mm-hmm. that's cool. That's that's it that, is, and I think it makes sense though because if you look at it from a, because we're talking about the Enterprise, yeah, well, you know, so Cisco and you yeah. know as cool as he is, like doesn't have it a place hasn't in happened that, yet. yeah, and you know? so I I think again it's a word we've already used, respectful. Yes, I it's definitely felt that way come. all the way through. Yeah, and that was huge. Because, like, that's what was necessary. Oh, bless you, dear. 
um, that was needed. Well, I think ultimately- for me to be for I think any like true fans to be cool with it to well, be okay. Here's here's the fact is that the the prime timeline is destroyed either because it's destroyed um, within the context of Star Trek or because you're never going to see, see it, it again because that's yeah. what we're doing. But ultimately they needed to tell stories where one day they may need to kill Sulu. Yeah, like they you, might you, or at least make you feel like it could happen. They need like to, whether or not it actually goes yeah, through. You, like you have that that ability now because there's not a well I know he's alive here. Yeah, like you can't gone. do that. So they have they have to present an element of danger and they did that. Yep. And then they did stuff that surprised you. They surprised you in this film with the destruction of Vulcan. Absolutely. They just, they, they, like, because they, you're like, how could that possibly like, happen? I saw Spock's mother when she was old and she talked to Spock. I saw her. Yeah, and no, she's gone. Yep. And so I think that, I think that ultimately, um, I, the movie is respectful of, of what came before for us, for the Star Trek fans. But it also, it had this wider appeal. Um, well, because the stuff that it's respectful of doesn't take away from its draw because that's quite frankly, the the wealth of information for that world is it's is a, a large part of its draw. Sure. And the the little things, uh, quite frankly, some of them are entrenched in popular culture it has nothing even to do with fandom at sure. that point. Like, you know. I'm push, I'm pushing her as hard as I can, Captain. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, like, well they, they, that kind of stuff. Everyone, like, uh, I'm everybody, a, I'm, a, you, I'm a doctor, and I, yeah, I'm not yeah. a doctor, not a physicist. Yeah. Like that yeah. stuff is is in there, and people Green recognize. Green blooded it. hobgoblin. It's, he should have said bastard, though. God, that would have been so much better. Oh, I just I wanted it. Yeah, but no, but he so says bad. Green Hud, Green blooded hobgoblin is a line from the original series. The word hobgoblin is spoken absolutely in the original series so and i think as we're giving shout outs we need to give shout out to carl urban who who was dr mccoy um and oh. just go just going that that dude was in lord of the rings and he's so different he's so different he and is perfect not an american i don't think he's, no he's, I don't and, think so. and just just the outside of even more than quinto did and i know you didn't like that i said the word imitation earlier about him but he really did he Decided, I am going to do the cadence of the way that DeForest Kelly spoke. Spoke, but that's what I'm saying. He was channeling, but like he was channeling DeForest Kelly. Like imitation to me yeah. is like pale. Is like you didn't make. But whereas, it. whereas Zoe Zaldana and and Simon Pegg and Chris Pine didn't do that at all. No, they, they didn't do that at all. But but Quinto and he did this, and I think that in the in his case, and I think in Quinto's case. Um, although you'd never know because, you know, everybody in, in, in his case, people don't know McCoy so much. If you were asked to, you know, the, the general populace, they would go, okay, Kirk, Spock, Scotty, you know, because you don't think they'd say bones. I don't think they'd say bones at all. No, I think that, that Scotty is a facet of his, of his Scottish accent and yeah. his, his silliness is just the one that, that people remember. Whereas if you're a fan of the show and you watch the show, you know, that the triumvirate is is those three and th- yeah. those three are the heart. But I think that if you're the general populace, you don't know him. Hmm. So I think that the general populace would be like my stepmother would know who he was, and if she were to watch it, she'd go, "I like that guy," and not. I think that when you say channeling, I think you'd watch it, and not know that he is doing that. And I think that's that, what I mean because it like that's why I say channeling instead of imitation. Because imitation an, occurs acting, to me like you would watch it and you would be like. He's you imitating would, someone. You would, yeah, you'd be able to say he's imitating someone, and in, and instead, I think if he's you making get, character choices in this case, yes, that yeah. he is being that, he's being it, and it's amazing, and it's familiar, and it's yes. nice, and, and it's, it's great. I mean, it's like because part. Do you of, know that he made up that bone story? Oh, that that how he, cute is that? He, he came in and he said, "This is what I think the word bones means," and they said, "Okay, we'll use that." So that monologue, as opposed to just being because he's a doctor. Yeah, that that yeah that monologue is is, is, is all he him? wrote it. Yeah, he wrote it. That's fucking awesome. Isn't that cool? Because I loved that little story when he told it the first time yeah. I heard it. I was like, I'll "That's my bones. awesome." Yeah, that's really fucking cool. awesome. And I feel like like there's something about the way that DeForest Kelly played the part. He had a a gentlemanly charm about him that went along with some of his harsher stuff. 
I'll be that honest. I him. I liked older DeForest Kelly better than I liked him on the show. I didn't I he I didn't care that much about him on the show in the movies, especially the later oh, yeah. movies. I re- in Star Trek five and six. And as a matter of fact, I was saying Star Trek five is much of an abys- as as an abysmal film that it was. Yeah, I felt like he was awesome in it. Oh yeah, I, they were they were all and I awesome love and it. I love him in Star Trek six. You know, I was desperate to save him. I I just I love I love oh I love him in, in the like when he's got <laughs> Spock stuck in him. Oh, and oh yeah, that's true in Star Trek 3. That fucking shit was phenomenal. That, no, he's a really good actor. He really is, but that's what I'm like, I, on the you show know, pisses even. pisses me off when I hear something that pisses me off when I hear me be angry, be a hater for a second. Don't be a hater. On the world. Um, the year he died, the year he died, um, they didn't put his picture up in the Oscar in memoriam thing. And... The the defense of it was is they did what? it they did that for him with the Emmys because he was a TV actor. I was like, I was like, hold on a second. You're naming obscure people from the 40s, and you're, you're not going to put him in there. This guy's he, like the this, Star Trek wasn't movies. Yeah, it, I'm it, a, am I wrong about that? It wasn't a successful, a successful movie franchise. Yeah, and that 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 bummed me the hell out. That's because, fucking bullshit. Yeah, I know. I was really really bummed about that, but you know, people get screwed. Look. Vincent Price died the same died same day River Phoenix died, and, and nobody knows because yeah. River Phoenix died. Yeah, and Mother Teresa died three days after Princess Diana, and she was still on page one, and and Mother Teresa was on page three. So yeah, so like don't don't get me started about inequity and yeah older older significant people being recognized. So I but still I I think that I think that Carl Urban did him justice. He absolutely did, and that was great because like. Because he's gone, we can't have him anymore. You know, like yeah. it was nice to kind of spend some more time with him, essentially, like through Carl's portrayal of it. I yeah. was like, "Thank you, man. That's um, much appreciated." <laughs> um, I, 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 I mean, I feel like we're starting to wrap up, but I feel like one guy that we need to call out real quick has got to be um, has got to be Eric Bana, um, who won me over with one line, and this line is this. I'm Cap- I'm Captain Christopher Pike of the USS Enterprise. Hi, Hi Christopher. Christopher. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. Um, I was like, all of a sudden I felt like we're dealing with a different breed of cat. Yeah. Um, he's not the any Star Trek villain we've ever had. No. The the staunch Shakespearean. You know, I will. He's be- ve- yeah. He's very salt of the earthy kind of guy. Yeah. But still frightening in his own right because it's like about what's driving him. Sure. Like it's not, and that's scary in its own right. That's what's kind of cool about it. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of villain than we've ever seen. You know, but, we've seen Khan, and he's super smart, and he's really scary. And- hi, Christopher. <laughs> she's just, just fucking great. I was just like what a and 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 from what I understand, um, uh, someone was in the audience. I can't remember who. I wish I knew the details of the story better than I do. Um, but someone was in the detail in the in the audience sitting next to J.J. Abrams. Um, watched the movie and said, "Your villain is amazing. Who is it?" And they're like, "They're like, it's Eric Bana." And it was another guy who had worked with Eric Bana, who had like, would like had directed him before. Oh my god! And didn't recognize him. Yep. Because also Eric Bana. You, I mean, you've got also not makeup. American, right? Mm-mm, Australian. Yeah. So just the the makeup, the characterization. Yep. Those two things did. combined absolutely make it hard to tell. And just not. Not anything we've ever seen in a Star Trek villain before, um, you know, and just him. Yeah, you know, don't tell me it didn't happen. I watched it happen. You know, <laughs> yeah. Just like just this guy was was you know emotionally involved, and this is what we started with in the last podcast, which was emotional involvement in this film. A lot of it. There's there's for everyone, and the word emotion, you know, is even in there. Spock emotionally compromised. Yeah. Kirk, his father emotionally involved. The mother emotionally involved. You know, Uhura is emotionally involved and has stakes. Everyone has emotional stakes. Even the bad guy has a, now. Again, his stakes make no sense at all. Yeah. I would rather see Romulus burn a hundred times than accept help from you. And there's a point. There's a point where I wonder, like, like I would love to see his first officer going, um, Nero, <laughs> dude. <laughs> can can we rethink that? Because I kind of, I kind of don't want that. Yeah, to I, no. The, yeah, accept his help, please. I, a, I don't want to die. Please, I don't want Romulus to go. So come on. Um, and I, as a as a former Romulan, didn't want Romulus to go. Um, but I think that I think that joking aside, I think that that 
level of anger and also you know the stuff they cut out if you understand what they cut out that that the Narada was was significantly damaged by the uh by 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 Kirk's dad by, yeah and that they got captured by Klingons and that they were in a Klingon prison and they oh yeah you see like a shot of them like in what like working but it could be their the work camp or it could yeah. be that they're like yeah you know farming no you know they're Klingons but you can't see what the makeup would be because they don't want to show that yet um, oh fuck! Um, right, but the, what the, do they do? Do we go the, old school the, the Klingon, and like just give them some eyebrows and darken their skin and call them Klingons, or do well, we actually put the makeup on and make them Klingons? Well, I love you know. Some <laughs> people said that that what they did with the Romulans, they didn't look like Romulans. They, they just didn't. Had they did. I mean, they did, and they they didn't. looked like Romulans who shaved their head. You know, they were wearing forehead prosthetics. They absolutely were wearing prosthetics over no, no, their no, no, eyebrows. No, 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 no. They, were, I'm saying they did and they didn't. Like they looked more different sure than than traditional Romulan. And the Star Trek Countdown comic that I had mentioned before does talk about why they look like they look, but they do they 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 don't just look like Vulcans. No, they, no, I they've know. They've got the prosthetic forehead. So I I feel like it's close enough to the next gen version Romulans that I can accept it. But I I I mean it's just definitely it occurs stylistically like a thing, but like I wasn't like who the fuck are they? The guy the guy the guy who was the Klingon who um who interviews him is Victor Garber um, who was uh, the dad on Alias um, he was uh, the guy who oh, okay yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. the guy who designed the lifeboats on the Titanic on in Titanic I love that um, guy actually um, uh, and I do too um, and uh, different people in there uh, I know that all the Rom- I may have mentioned this before um, the Romulans who are like giving reports and stuff on the Narada in the background are all Will Wheaton um you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, no, like at least one of them is, but you check IMDb. He's in it. He's he's Will Wheaton is in there. Will Wheaton, who's a cool guy, by the way. Love Will Wheaton. Is I did. How about love, on the Guild? Uh, oh, I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen season three of the Guild yet. I've seen. <gasps> you haven't seen him on the Guild. No, I've yet? seen season one and two. So I. What are you waiting for? I just have been busy. Um, um. I guess that's the same reason I haven't seen all the deleted scenes <laughs> on Star Trek. Um. Ultimately, the result of Star Trek, um, the new movie. Um, and I feel like we skipped over a lot, but I feel like we've we've gotten a lot of things in that but, I. But uh, the thing I wanted to say though is, you know, we we've talked about, or you said that Chris Pine isn't, um, you know, really doing Shatner. Shatner. Yeah. Um, and while that's true, like he, there are moments when he really does. Bones. When he really, <laughs> yes, when he goes at the end, and like, and the other time when like when Uhura comes up to him, you already and, popped it out. I can't believe it. <laughs> Bones. That's all you. You started it. I started it. Yeah. It's all my fault. It is. Everything's your fault. The world is gonna end, and it'll be your fault. Just know it now. Set phases to criticize. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun setting. Set set phases to demoralize. <laughs> that's, that's fucking awesome. Set phases set to phases. fun. <laughs> phasers, they're party sized. <laughs> go on go on go on anyway, there's a part when Ohura comes by and she's like I hope you know what you're doing captain and he's like so do I and the way he says it though is like so like it's lifted not even just the way like not just the way he says it but like almost the fucking shot like shot and motion like just. Speaking of shots, don't you love right before they launch the Enterprise at the very beginning when they do the shot of Bruce Bruce Green with his pike, and they do the they 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 do the sort of white vignette around his eyes where his whole face is dark, but his eyes are lit up like they used to be in the nineteen sixties TV show, <laughs> and they they do that one shot of him, and and it's deliberate, it's on purpose. Yeah, it's just like here we're doing this, just deal. <laughs> but there's also a time when he when he's um when he's doing the you know the Kirk cast. You know, where he's like, we're going into a fucked up situation and, you know, Kirk out, yeah. you know, like those moments. Like and like I said, the shot before that, it's just like it's all like the, the tilt of his eyes, the motion of them. All of it is like palpably Shatner. So and, and that's great. We are recording this right now in um, in late January of 2011. In, uh, in, I guess, 17 months from now, in June of 2012, 
they've already announced it's going to be when June or July of 2012 is going to be when Star Trek 12, I guess, right, comes out. Um, again, secretive as it was before. Um, its main competition is going to be uh, the new Wolverine movie, Darren Aronofsky's Wolverine movie, which I'm really psyched for because I've hated everything since X2 and I'm a giant X-Men fan. You didn't like X-Men Origins? Um, the first Wolverine movie? Yeah. No, it was terrible. It was, it was really, I, I enjoyed it. Oh, there was, there all, were things I hated about it. Like there's almost know. a, but now Darren Aronofsky is doing it. Black Swan pie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Requiem for a dream. Oh, Jesus. Um, um, that movie he, is so, he's, he's, he's calling it <laughs> the Wolverine. He's saying it has, it that there's going to be no inclusion of anything else we've ever seen. It's going to be, a, it's going to be based on Frank Miller's Wolverine, um, thing from the eighties. And it's just going to be, what is it like when a guy who has claws in his hands and can heal goes to Japan to try to make himself not so feral? And what's that guy like? So it's almost like a Batman Begins being pulled on Wolverine. So and they, be, but is it going to be Hugh Jackman? It is going to be Hugh Jackman. Okay. Yep. Good. And then the new Spider-Man, the Spider-Man reboot, um, which I was not enthused for until I saw- I'm not enthused for it. It seems silly. Like we just did that shit. I know until I saw the first shot- of the guy, the other guy from the social network, the guy who's not, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they, the, I know you're talking about. yeah, that, that him is Peter Parker and the first shot and, and the first shot they released, I was like, Ooh, it's moody. I like it. And they're doing the Gwen Stacy storyline instead of Mary Jane's in it, but she's barely in it. It's all about Gwen. Um, and so I was excited about, it. so there's a lot of competition. There's even Prometheus is coming out. Have you heard about Prometheus? No. Same, a uh, couple weeks, I uh, probably think three weeks before, um, is a, a prequel to Alien. Oh, okay. So I have I didn't know it was called Prometheus, but yeah. I feel like I've heard it's about it. It's called this. Prometheus. It's being uh written by Damon Lindelof, who's writing Star Trek twelve, directed by Ridley Scott. Um and the aliens may or may not actually be in it. It's the story of the spaceman um that you finally see his crashed ship in Alien and in Aliens. And it's his story. And the aliens might be something that is that are a side note that happens at the end, but it's completely it's almost a spin off. Yeah. It's rather spin-off than a prequel. prequel. And, and he originally it was just gonna be a prequel and they started writing the story around it, like this story's big enough and good enough on its own. We don't need to cash in on the fact that it has anything to do with aliens. That's fucking sweet. I love the the integrity yeah. of that. And good on Ridley Scott on da- I mean, I trust Damon Lindelof because I'm a big losty. Um, but like and Damon Lindelof is working on the new Star Trek script too, so I I'm excited about that. I'm not certain how I feel about that. Really? Well, I mean, there have been some moments, quite frankly, in Lost thus far, in my opinion, that have not been the best writing. Yeah, but they do know how to talk. First of all, they, they know how to tell a story. But like, okay, like when 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 without well, okay, I, was I don't want to spoil it. I don't like, want to spoil it. Just the way it's like it's, it's, it, there's so many moments occur to me is very contrived, and I don't care for that. I hate that. But it's but again, they're they're writing that with six days in between to write. They got to get a story out. They got to get that. They they are not able to take the care that they are taking the year and a half they're taking to write this. And keep in mind, the guys who were at Transformers took care and wrote an amazing film. They did, and but I, so why? What's wrong with them? Like, I think no, they, no, they're involved too. Damon Lindelof works with Abrams a lot, and, and okay. so the, it's the so three it's more like an inclusion of him as yeah. opposed to uh, he a replacing. replacement. No, no, okay. no, it's an inclusion. Um, I think ultimately, um, the question remains: is what does this do to the franchise? Um, we're seeing another film. Will we see another series? Do you think ever? Because ultimately, mm. I think that that Star Trek is better on TV. I prefer. I like it because you get more of it. Well, I feel, uh, and I, feel I like the way that you get you the get, smaller stories. Yeah, you get the small because like that's the part I find intriguing about it. Like, not every day is the bad shit. Like, some days are sort of bad shit, and some days are you know kind of lighthearted, and there's a bunch of political shit. And like, some, it's different yeah. vibes, and I feel like a lot of heavy political stuff doesn't always float a movie like can't always float a yeah, movie because no, it can't it's be action. explosive yeah. enough yeah. to float a movie yeah. but in a show it can be intense as shit it can be you know like Rome was all political 
Yeah. I loved that show. And I feel like Star Trek does that sometimes. Like there are episodes that are just very political, very heavy on that and not a lot of action. And then and sometimes you have the really inner good. light. Sometimes you have the inner light where it's just like, here's a story that can be the, the Picard yeah, the, the, where where it's it's like here's a story that can only be told in this context. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, the inner light, you're not getting that story on CSI. You're not getting that story anywhere else. Here's a place where that story can be told. What would this do to a human being? Yep. What and it's would intriguing. this be like? like the things and, we can explore in, in a format of a show because you have more time and like you can tell smaller stories that are more focused. And and I I hope that what this means. I would love to see another ship in this future. I think it would be interesting to have a series take place at the same time in the same timeline. In this new timeline. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'd love to see, and, and if anyone's out there thinking about writing a Star Trek novel, and if because like, the novels still exist, I want to see the new 24th century. I want to see the new Picard. I want to see what 100 years in the future, the stuff that we already know, it's it's an open I mean it's just a, it's a sketchbook now it's a blank page that anyone who's a novelist if they if the people out there with Del Mar books or Del Rey books or whoever it is who promote who you know if the people out there who have the license want to go ahead and 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 have something to write that'd be interesting to people write say this exists within the new Kirk timeline and here's what the characters that you love in the 24th century I are like doing that. yeah here's the change I'd love to see that it's interesting. That would be. I'd love to see that happen. But I think that that finally, for the first time, you know, starting two thousand nine, after the the destruction, the implosion of Star Trek, there is a future to talk about. Yeah. So, but that's not going to be what we're talking about because I think that next time, we are. I'm trying to randomly think. We're going to talk about something, and it will likely have to do with Star Trek. Um. No. No. So wow, we finished something, and I don't have a next time on. So, Alexia, what would you like to talk about? You don't want to know what I'd like to talk about. What do you about. want to talk about next time on Star Trek? Uh, I personally would like to just talk about the fuck factor. Really? You want to start sex track? You want to go? You want to talk about uh, about? It's valid. It's sexuality there. on Star Trek. I think we can get a podcast out of that. Okay, that is next on Trek Off. We are we are going to get ready to trek off when when we talk next time because we're going to be doing Kirk. We're going to be doing Riker. We're gonna be doing the you know you know even Picard got some action going on. There's, and we're gonna, and we're talking about the fuck factor of the women. It's there. Oh, it's there. There's some oh, there. there's some there's some married sex going on. Some minor spoiler alerts that I'm just gonna have to warn you to because it it happens. You've got the stuff that you that that turned Alexia off to Voyager. There's was that. that there's the the the, the baby. baby. Um, there's yeah there's there's a, a definite element of sexuality so I think we there's can like that. this has been a serious like we've really gotten into it this time around as opposed to just sort of being all over you know didn't mention a Harry Potter one oh no um this is why you should just stop talking I sometimes. know um so uh so that's it for Trek off next time we get sexed up but for now I'm Justin yeah. I'm Alexia Trek off Trek off bitches. <laughs> <laughs>